It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb has a monster performance on Thursday, but who else impressed in the wide receiver room? we get to that on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, all in one word, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. This is our second episode of the day. We are live on YouTube right now, so get your tw- or your your questions in. We will try to answer as many as possible. But Landon, you were out at camp today. Uh, did you have fun out in Oxnard? I did. You know, it was uh, it was actually very overcast. I was a little bit worried about what the field was going to be like today, and, and we did have an injury scare, so we, we can talk about that here in a second. But uh, it was it was mostly overcast. It was a little bit humid for uh, for the first time of uh, being in Oxnard this season. Uh, but it was nice. There was a nice breeze, and, and it was pretty, still pretty cool, especially compared to some some of the places in Dallas and Texas for sure, and and even compared to LA, honestly. So we're going to talk about some of the biggest observations that we had from this practice. And believe it or not, one of the players that we just haven't talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks <laughs> is CD Lamb. And I think yeah. a lot of it is just because it's CD Lamb, and we kind of know what to expect from him by now, kind of going into year four. But I mean, by all accounts, he was absolutely incredible today. Yeah, I mean, he just he he continuously finds ways to impress, and 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 it's become, you know, Des like in sense that you know it's just it's just happening constantly, so it's hard to mention. And Micah Parsons obviously has reached a level like that where, like, just because you don't hear his name doesn't mean that he's not doing incredible things all the time in practice, right? So uh, today he had uh, a, a couple of a, a really great catches uh, during team. He had a really great snatch in the middle of the field uh, that was, I think, a third down pass that they completed. And then he had one of the best fade receptions I've seen in the end zone uh, in a long time where he did that thing where he just jumped and it seemed like he hung there for a second, waited for the ball in the air, uh, and then just immediately snatched it out of the air and took it away from the DB and and turned his body uh, and put both feet in without any problems getting inbounds. It was just incredible to watch the, the violence in which he moved was just, just a really, really crazy to watch. So, yeah, just, just an incredible performance today by CD. I, I think if somebody asked me, like, what's CD Lamb's best strength? I think it, it's his ability to jump and twirl kind of in the air. Torque his body. Then, yeah, yeah, and he contort his body and then make mm-hmm. catch and finish through contact. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous out of the slot is he isn't afraid of going up in the air, making a catch, and taking a hit. Now, he didn't take a hit on this fade because it's a fade route, but – it's unreal how good he is at it, just kind of slowing things down when he's up in the air. 
Yeah, and even if he had taken a hit, the way that he had moved and grabbed the ball and then immediately moved to protect his body and get feet in down was so quick that I think he would have protected himself. He, he also had this route that was, I guess it was a corner post route. Like he, he ran three exactly quarters of a corner yeah. route and then ended up running a post route in the middle of the field was wide open. I think it was like the first team's second rep in, in practice that uh, as, as a team. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just out here looking incredible, even with the, the great coverage that they've had uh, out here at camp. Uh, it's it's been a real a difficult time for folks trying to cover CD Lamb, and I think it, it feels like CD Lamb has been on this team for a long time because he's just been so productive. Basically, as soon as he yeah. walked out of the field, but I still wonder. Like we're all, we're going into year four. I think he's twenty four years old. Like why couldn't he just make an even bigger step here uh, in twenty twenty three? I mean, I, I I certainly think he can. I mean, he took a big step last year. Uh, you know, sky's the limit with his physical ability, and and uh, and I I think that he's shown that, and, and I think we'll we're gonna see that he's gonna just continue to improve and hone his game more, and and we'll see new elements of his game that we probably haven't seen before. All right, so CD Lamb was really impressive in this practice. However, he was not the only receiver that no. stood out on Thursday. Uh, who else caught your eye in this practice? I, I I think it's time that we start having a real serious conversation about Jalen Tolbert. Uh, and not obviously the drumbeat conversation, which he's continued. But I mean, is Jalen Tolbert in the running for having the best camp in, in, in on the team? Like he's he's been one of the most consistent performers for sure. And, and today was his best day. Like today was he was all over the place. He was catching passes from everybody. He caught touchdowns. He caught you know key third downs where he it was fit tight and he had to uh, take a hit. He's gotten so good at. Uh, catching the ball through contact, which was like literally a weakness for him last year. And, and now he's, he's, it's something that he's, is a strength. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we came into, remember the conversations, the tone of the conversations we were having coming into this, like, I hope he can grab this wide receiver four spot. I, I hope, you know, we I mean, I'll go even one step further. Like we, we thought like there, if he had a bad camp, there was an outside chance that he just didn't make the roster. I'm not suggesting that he's going to take the job from Michael Gallup, the third receiver job from Michael Gallup, but I'm suggesting that he's closer to that than he is to losing the wide receiver four spot. And, and, and that's the kind of camp that he's had so far. It's been super impressive. And then I have to talk about the other Jalen. Jalen Brooks refuses to let me not talk about him. Every single practice, he makes some sort of huge play. He had another huge touchdown in the corner of the end zone. If you couldn't tell, the offense really had a good day today. Um, and, and I think that Brooks, you know, was, was a big part of that for at least two units on, on the second and third team. Uh, I'm really excited for you guys to get to, a chance to see him uh, in practice, I mean, in the game on Saturday, because uh, it's, it's been kind of surprising. He just does, seemingly does a little bit of everything well. It, it, mm-hmm. it, he has a very balanced game. He's not exceptionally fast. He's not exceptionally large. He doesn't exceptionally jump well. But he does all those things well enough, and and he's polished in a way that you just you don't see uh, seventh well, round wide receivers. You know? And if you're going to be the fifth or sixth receiver on a team, you better do a lot of things well because you're going to have to wear yeah. a lot of hats just to be active on game day. And we, the, I mean, really, the reason the Cowboys drafted him in the seventh round, anyways, because was because of his special teams ability. Yeah, absolutely. so it almost feels like anything he gives you on offense is a bonus. But you get a lot of bonus from him. At well, this that's point. what I was going to say. You're getting a lot of right? bonus out of him right yeah. now. I want to go back to Jalen Tolbert really quickly yeah. because you mentioned Michael Gallup. I, I I don't see a situation where Tolbert beats out Michael Gallup no. 
for you know the number three job or whatever you want to call it. But could you see the Cowboys just using a heavier rotation at receiver if if Tolbert continues to stack days like this together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's earned a spot. He, he's earned snaps, you know, in the offense. I think just ba- based on his play in training camp. I mean, I, again, like I, I'm having a hard time kind of quantifying just how far my my expectations for Jalen Tolbert have come in these last few weeks because it's it's gone from I hope that make, he makes the team to I'm pretty certain that he's earned a role on this team as you know a wide receiver forward that gets rotated in not because of someone's injury, but because they just want to get him involved. And and frankly, the more I'm watching of this stuff, and, and we'll talk about some other stuff, including some uh, Turpin stuff in a little while. I think that one thing I've just really kind of pulled away from and from a 10,000 foot view, especially in these last few practices is that everyone is going to get snaps there. They really are going to feature a lot of different players on this offense again this year. I, I think obviously the, the big three wide receivers are going to be the main focus, but I think guys like Turpin and Tolbert and the down roster tight ends, whoever, you know, that's however that sorts out. I think multiple running backs, I, I think lots of different people are going to get opportunities in these games to get touches uh, despite you having you know, obviously superstars at the top end of the wide receiver court. And if you look at like when Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl with the Packers, that's when they had was it Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Bubba Franks, I think, or maybe it was Jermichael Finley at the time, James no. Jones. Like they just they were really deep and they used a lot of different players and it kept it kept their receivers fresh. But they also just had some awesome four wide receiver sets where hey, we're going to find your weakest defensive back and we're going to pick on him over and over and over again. And there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that, you know, they've, uh, I, I'm trying to remember who it was, the old adage of build your wide receiver core like a basketball team. Yep. And, and that's what, what this receiving core looks like now. It's it, You've got all different types of body types with skill sets of all over, all over the board. So uh, creating mismatches is not going to be a hard thing. Even uh, you know, as they get down to the matchups at the wide receiver third and fourth and fifth level, let's talk about some injury updates that we got from Thursday practice. Next, this episode is brought to you by Underdog. August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers. There's no trades. Underdog will set your best lineup every single week. It's really that easy. There's no maintenance at all. It's just the best part. You just go out to you just get the draft. It's so much fun. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back. It's better than ever. With $15 million going to the winner, uh, or $15 million going in total prizes, $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner actually drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. The Cowboys have a preseason game on Friday or Saturday. Go go draft now before they play. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is underdog fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. Again, all one word, LOCKEDON, to get your first $100 doubled uh, in your deposit. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Every day or on tomorrow's show, we're going to get you ready for the Cowboys' first preseason game against Jacksonville. We'll talk about some players that we're excited to see who likely won't play in that game, so make sure you tune in for that. Later, we did get some unfortunate injury news from Thursday. Chuma Doga, who's been working at guard and tackle, a lot at right tackle in practice, um, went down with an injury. It sounds like he hyperextended his knee. It's, it's really bad news because it sounds like he was having a strong practice. Yeah, he was. Uh, and I, I, I don't really know. I haven't really heard if they've gotten any kind of ETA and how long that's going to keep him out. But I mean, it, it is unfortunate just because, uh, you know, previous to that, they were doing one on ones and he was really, really having a great uh, uh, session. He went against Sam Williams. He went against uh, who was it? The person he was going against. I can't remember, but he but he had a, a really good session where he went through a couple of different quality r- rushers uh, and won like a two or three in a row. And then with uh, I also just to th- kind of throw him in, Matt Willetsko was another guy that I with that same group, uh, kind of working in um, not only with the twos but also with the ones uh, as they kind of rotated in Steele and, and Smith on the outside. Uh, and and he got some some excellent uh, uh, job. He I, I saw one specific rep of Let's Go against uh, Demarcus Lawrence where he was able to push him past the quarterback and did a great job staying patient. So uh, honestly, I, I think you know it's unfortunate about Chuma, and, and we we got to see exactly what his timeline is for something like this. But I I think at this point, what I did see today was the offensive line in general had its best day, or at least one of its better days. I think it just seemed like things were more in sync. Uh, the run game was working a little bit better. They were getting bodies off the line of scrimmage. Pass protection was 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 better overall, even kind of down the roster a mm-hmm. little bit more. Uh, I even saw Bostic with a, with, a, with a couple of different nice reps in there. So uh, I do think that you know, and that's not surprising, right? The defense always starts ahead, and especially with how good this defense is and how well they've been. And they've been together for three years. It's the same defense. Of course, they were going to be head, be ahead. I think the offense, the quarterbacks, and the wide receivers have been, you know, kind of in sync because they've been practicing together all off season. The offensive line has been the kind of lagging indicator here, right? And it seems like they are starting to finally kind of pull it together a little bit more. So, assuming Chuma Doga is out for let's say three weeks and he's back for the regular season, yeah, does this push uh, the, the negotiations with Zach Martin maybe a little bit further to try to get things done? Because, man. If if Chuma Doga isn't ready to go, who who's starting at right guard for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, right now you're talking about Josh Ball. I I don't know. I I I, I think, didn't think Josh Ball was going to make this team, to be honest. I, I I I'll. I mean, I just will say it. I think Josh Ball had his best day today as well. I think that's part of the reason that that some of the offensive line stuff started to look a little bit better. But it's not enough yet. I didn't say he's making the team, and I agree. I don't know if he does make the team necessarily. Um, I think, look, there's still, there are still offensive guards out there, uh, on the market. If, if, if we need to go sign somebody, uh, uh, who was it that you and I were talking about? Uh, Gabe Jackson, who was with Gabe Jackson. Yeah. He played with Seattle for the last few years. And and is he like perfect guy? Do you want him as a starter? Maybe not, but as a stopgap solution, he has experience with Mike Solari, who was the offensive line coach in Seattle 2021. So they clearly know each other. Maybe you could sign him for a you know kind of a cheaper deal, and that's your solution until you figure out 
whatever you're going to need to figure out. Zach Martin to come back, and then maybe Gabe kind of it steps in as your permanent backup if you need somebody at left guard in case you have to step uh, Tyler Smith out to left tackle for Tyron Smith. So if you missed uh, today's show, the, the earlier show, we talked about Tyron Smith and whether you should be worried after some of the clips of him going up against Micah Parsons. We, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the episode, but no, you shouldn't be worried. It sounds like you really shouldn't be worried after Thursday's practice. Yeah, and he had a really good. Yeah, he had a really good session on on Thursday. Uh, uh, specifically, you know, and part of what I would talked about in that show, don't, you know, earmuffs. If you haven't listened to it yet, you need to go back and listen to that show yes. before you listen to this show. Uh, is is that you know part of the issue here is obviously who Tyron Smith goes against in most of his reps, and that's Michael Parsons. We actually got an opportunity in some of the one-on-ones today to see Tyron go against other folks not named Michael Parsons, and I saw him go against uh, 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 Sam Williams a couple different times. I saw him go against uh, 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 D Law a couple different times, and he won all those reps and looked really good. So. Uh, yeah, I, 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 again, I don't think we have much to worry about with Smith. He actually looked really good in the run rep, the team reps as well. Um, you know, as being part of that, uh, offensive line group that is, you know, kind of coming together a little bit. Uh, so I I think, you know, offensive line overall, uh, is definitely looking a lot better. And then, uh, Tyler Smith had a one-on-one today against, uh, I think it was Gallimore who uh, also is another guy who, has started to really turn on and, and really had good another good practice today. But I guess this one rep against Tyler Smith, I mean, it was like Zach Martin. It looked like Zach where he just yeah. he 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 got his feet wide, sat down, and was like, Nope, this is this rep is over. We're not doing this anymore. And it was just kind of fun to watch. Uh I, I want to mention one more trench play that I saw today. Uh, I don't know. I you might not have even, even seen this. Uh Jake Ferguson absolutely daring yep. Sam Williams. I I I think it was on a run play. I mean, just getting right up underneath him and putting him on the ground. I think Jake Ferguson's blocking is a little underrated, but it seems like he's going to improve more. I agree. I mean, I think he was a pretty decent blocker last last year. Uh, maybe needed some more strength, you know, just like kind of you know, just coming into the NFL. I think maybe he's put on some of that strength because you are seeing him move some bodies every once in a while now, now and then. And, and, and I think that that's, that's something that obviously – it's been a little while since we've had kind of a really positive, excellent uh, number one tight end who was a blocker. So if, if Ferguson can kind of develop into a plus-plus blocker, uh, that would be a huge benefit, obviously. Uh, we got another question here from Carlos. He wants to know about our guy Isaac, who's made the switch from offensive guard to defensive tackle. That's that's quite a switch this late in your career. But have you noticed him at all in practice? Yeah, uh, I have noticed him. And, and, and guys, we've been noticing, noticing your chats. I'll talk about some of the other stuff you mentioned in a second. But uh, uh, yeah, he's number 60. He's, still, he's on the defensive line now. Uh, he's he's raw. It's like, you know, when they when they when he was doing the one-on-one reps today, uh, and it was just like someone unleashed a bear on a center, you know, because he was just trying to maul the guy. And he's just like, he's got the athleticism, and he seems to be obviously to have the body type. Uh, but he's, I mean, it's they're starting over with him essentially, you know, he's, he's playing yeah. a completely different position. So uh, I do think that, I do think that this probably suits him a little bit more though, because he is kind of just big and strong. And, 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 and when he's unleashed like that, it's, it's a little scary. So if he can well, figure out how to, you know, handle it a little bit better then it, it, it might be something. What, what's tough for him is he went from one of the thinnest positions on the team, the backup interior offensive line spot to arguably the deep divas, mm. you know, with the defensive line, the Cowboys just have so much talent there. It's crazy. Um, so he's got a really, I mean, 
it, I, I would be absolutely floored if he made the 53-man roster, but he seems like somebody that could be on the practice squad again. And then let's just wait and see, right? He's got he's got an incredible you know opportunity. He's he's got this you know uh, this roster exception that's basically going to allow allow the Cowboys to hold on to him as the long as they can. Yep. Yeah. So so I mean it, it's it's as long as long as he keeps growing year to year, uh, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a positive thing for him and for the Cowboys. And then who knows? Eventually, maybe he's good enough to be. Like part of the 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 fifty three man roster, maybe he I think actually for, joins a team eventually. For him, probably just have a strong preseason and then just be on teams watch list. Like yeah, you know, when we get exactly. into injuries and we get to week fourteen and stuff, that's how you can get onto a roster and maybe make some plays. But he he really needs to have a strong preseason, and I fully expect him to get a lot of work over the next couple of weeks. Real um, quick, real quick, shout out shout out to Yuma because I saw you. Thanks for the 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 heads up on the second podcast. We're glad to do it. And a uh, shout out to people listening to Ireland in Ireland. That's Two different people in Ireland right now. That's, that's incredible. That's really that's really far away. And uh, I, I have some business. I, I talk to people in Ireland on the phone a little bit, and and I'm and I love them to death. They're such fantastic folks. So glad that you guys are enjoying the pod. Uh, I want to get to some other camp observations from today. We will do that next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Landon, let's get to some uh, some of the other notes. At least I had in practice. I know you had some more. Saw Cavante Turpin playing in the backfield yeah. a little bit. I want your thoughts on that. Uh, look, I mean, every week it's – well, you know, it's only been two weeks, but God, it's, it's only been two <laughs> weeks. Uh, every practice it feels like we're seeing a little bit more from him, right? And I don't even just mean like him, uh, uh, you know, performing but but what they're doing with them right and today it was in the backfield you know i think we've seen this a little bit before but but there were like i mean six reps maybe with him in the backfield they did play action stuff where he wasn't getting the ball so they were practicing him being in the backfield and i don't think it's because they were like shorthanded or anything no. i mean they had plenty of running backs it, it, and, and look they definitely were running some plays that were specifically made to get him the ball and, and it was certainly interesting seeing him running with the football between the tackles uh i i do think that this is a thing though i do think that this you know he is going to be used in kind of very interesting different ways just to, to get mismatches uh i, I think there's the, the thing that's interesting about it is that you know sometimes you see just kind of formationally wide receivers line up in the, in the backfield and then they flex them out and then, sure. you know, they kind of shift or whatever. Uh, I wonder if, if, if this isn't going to be a situation where the first time some, some team sees this, they're going to be like, Oh, waiting for him to shift out of the backfield into the slot. And then suddenly the snap comes and he's got the ball and you can't find him because he's I, behind some huge I, tackle. I won't be surprised because Mike McCarthy was one of the first offensive coaches to put a receiver in the backfield when he did it with Randall Cobb yeah. a lot during the, I believe it was the 2012 season. And he had some really big runs. And then they went out and drafted Ty Montgomery who yep. they ended up making a, a full-time running back later in his career. But this is, this is not something new for Mike McCarthy. Like this is something he 
likes to have at his disposal to use in case teams are too big, uh, you know, in the front seven and you want somebody that's has a little bit more quickness and speed. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him get 15 carries out of the backfield this season, like total. Absolutely not. No, I mean, I, th- I think they'll, they'll give him and, and, and that, you know, including jet sweeps and return, yeah. oh, the, including jet sweeps. Stuff. I think I, if I put yeah. the over under on like 30 rushing attempts, I think that's where I would land for Turk. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's a All great right. way to get him to football. Uh, who else stood out to you in practice? I'm not going to not mention Hunter Lepke uh, lining up in the, as a fullback in the sure. uh, goal line section for uh, the second team, which was great because he was there with, uh, uh, so who was it? Was running back? It was it was uh, this tiny guy, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn, yeah. So it was it was pretty funny to watch forty three with forty two behind him, and they are a very different size. If you didn't know, um, John Stevens, another guy that we yes. keep mentioning. I saw him in with the ones uh, during some of the goal uh, goal mm. line reps, which was interesting. Um, and, and and maybe they're rotating tight ends, and maybe thank you, Yuma. Yes, fullbacks do matter. Uh, uh, that one off the chat real quick. Yeah, you got to get that one in there, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know if if they're just rotating tight ends because they definitely were. You know, I I, I saw you know Scoodmaker in with. Well, the that's a, that issues. was the next question. Really quickly, uh, one of your tweets was, I think, with the way he, Luke Scoodmaker's trending is, you expect him to practice or to, to play in the preseason game on Saturday. Yeah. So regardless of what was happening with the tight ends, I did see Stevens running with the ones, but then later after they were done. Uh, the last part of practice, right? Like they they broke and they didn't. Uh, they stopped doing team stuff. They kind of split up, and then when they split up, they were doing like pregame practice stuff, like cards, like for the for the offense and for defense, right? But it wasn't the first team offense and defense. Like I saw when this section started, I saw like all the best defensive stars take their helmets off and start walking back to the the locker room, right? It was clearly the guys who are going to be playing in the game. They were getting ready for Jacksonville. This, this is their little you know, practice to get ready for Jacksonville or, or whatever they do. I don't know if they actually are getting ready for Jacksonville or not, but they're, but they're running plays as a defense that's going to play against Jacksonville, sure. right? Sure. And on the other side of the field was the offense, and in that group was Schoonemaker, and he was, pract- he was practicing during that uh, uh, whole section. So I don't know if that means anything for sure, but that part of the practice was specifically to prep the players sure. who were going to be playing in the game. And Schoonmaker was it, Schoonmaker. I just say people are going to love that you're calling him Schoonmaker. This is, this I, is I Schoonmaker. love Schoonmaker. I think it's a better name. You should change his name. I, I agree. Schoonmaker is a better name, but Schoonmaker. It just sounds, it just scoots. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think that I, I, he was practicing with the group that seems like they're, they were getting ready for the game. So I don't know if that, that that's an official injury uh, report. But it's enough that it's make it's a positive sign. I think that he may play. Uh, back to your original point, John Stevens, uh, a converted yeah. wide receiver, six five, two forty, making a bunch of plays in camp. He's going to have an uphill battle to make this yeah. fifty three man roster, just because there's so many tight ends ahead of him. But he, I, and we mentioned it earlier this week, he's one of the guys that I'm really excited to see once we get to the preseason because there's there's just something there that I want to see more of. It's the Blake Jarwin thing, right? Like yeah. where he's an undrafted guy, he's, he's kind of you didn't know really where he came from, but he has something in his skill set that's rare, and you can yeah. sense it, and it shows up on the practice field. So uh, you, you don't know what you're going to do with him yet because he can't quite put him on a real field yet. But you want to, you kind of want to explore it a little bit further, see if you can develop him, and see if you can turn him into a player. Uh, any final thoughts from practice before we head out? 
No, it was good to see, I think, the offensive line kind of strike back a little bit and have a good day, you know. And and so I, I'd like to see them kind of come together, especially if Chum is going to be out for an extended period of time at all. Then it'd be great to see one of these young guys really, really step up and start playing well. I think a group of them did, including some of the guys like Hoffman and, and – um, uh, Brock Hoffman, you know, yep. Yeah, and, and – uh, uh, completely blanking out on the yeah, other Farniak, 68 Far- Farniak. Yeah. Farniak. Yeah. Thank you. Farniak. Uh, uh, yeah. I think both of them seemingly had better days than they had previously. Um, and even TJ Bass, I saw win a couple of, of yeah. reps and, and look better. So I, I do think these guys are starting to get their feet underneath them a little bit more. It'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out on Saturday, because I think that's going to be a good test to see exactly where this offensive line is. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making us your first and now your second listen of the day. Now that we're doing a a live uh, YouTube show, we're going to sprinkle these live shows in over the course of the next month because we know that you guys absolutely love them. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you continue uh, to watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe. Hit the like button. It really, really helps us out, and we appreciate it. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be right back here tomorrow. Uh, to discuss everything you need to know for the Cowboys' first preseason of the uh, game of the year. So we'll see you right back here then. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.